Chapter 30 of The Boy Chums in the Florida Jungle by Wilmer M. Eli. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter 30 Visitors. One and all in the camp now began to look forward to the coming of Kennedy with the mules. The Spaniards, because until a new light was installed, they could only work half-time and consequently could only earn half their usual wages. The rest of the party, because they were getting really alarmed over the Missourian's long absence. He ought to have been back long before this, said Charlie, the day after the tragic discovery of the dead gunman. If he does not show up by tomorrow morning, I am going to hire a pony from the Indians and start in and look for him. Something surely must have happened to him. If you do go in, you are liable to miss him on the way, Walter objected. He may come back by one route while you are going in by another. Better give him a little more time. Jim impressed me as being perfectly well able to look out for himself. You don't think he could have been tempted by the big amount of money he carried asked captain westfield with some hesitation five hundred dollars is a lot of money to a poor man but not to jim charlie said decidedly jim is a true southerner and a thief is almost a curiosity among southern races no jim would not touch a cent that did not belong to him something has happened to him that's all well, if you go in tomorrow, I am going with you, Walter said decidedly. We will talk that over later, Charlie said. We have nothing to do today, so we might as well amuse ourselves and try to forget for a time that, if we are not actually ruined, we are pretty close to it. That's a good idea, his chum agreed heartily. What shall the program be? I would like to explore the country to the side of the road a bit, say, out where you and McCarty went when you killed the deer. I have not been out that way yet. Suppose we all go, Walter suggested. All can get away except the man running the machine, and even a little change like that will do a fellow a pile of good. Good, Charlie approved. We will all go that want to and make a day of it. It developed that all the Americans were eager for something in the way of a change. Even the captain was willing to take a day off, and Chris insisted that his assistant, Sam, was now competent to prepare a meal for those left behind. Armed with guns and lunch baskets, and with Bob, the dog, frisking ahead, the merry little party set out determined to have a pleasant time. Quail was plentiful, and a great number were bagged before the little party reached the prairie regions with its sandy-bottomed lakes. They stopped by one of the lakes and rested at noon. They had brought fishing tackle with them and enjoyed huge sport pulling in the big fish with which the lake was full. Several of these roasted over the coals made a welcome addition to the lunch they had brought with them. The afternoon was spent killing more quail, fishing, following up a homing bee, which led them straight to a big hollow tree filled with delicious honey, and digging in the mounds which dotted the prairie. These mounds were bound to contain quantities of human bones, arrow and spearheads, stone hatchets, and vessels of earthenware. 
they were evidently the relics of a race long since gone out of existence a race that lived in the country long before the seminole indians tired but happy the little party got back to camp just after sundown here a surprise greeted them for they found the sheriff and half a dozen of his aides awaiting their arrival the sheriff's face was very grave and he answered their cordial greetings crisply gentlemen he said i have a warrant for the arrest of charlie west walter hazard captain benjamin westfield bob bratton will kitchener and c p mccarthy white and christopher columbus negro the little party stared at each other in stupefied amazement on what charge demanded charlie recovering his breath on the charge of being the principals and accessories before and after the fact in the murder of one levi p morton late of new york city on the night of november twenty third nineteen thirteen read the sheriff droningly that gunman gasped walter why no one murdered him mr sheriff he was kicked to death by mules he attempted to poison i shall have to warn you that anything you say can be used against you at your trial said the sheriff sternly i have found the grave of the dead man near this camp rats sneered mccarty angrily no sane judge would hold us ten minutes on such a charge well observed the sheriff coolly you will have a chance to test that even if i were convinced of your innocence i would have to arrest you just the same when a warrant is given to me it is my sworn duty to serve it the sheriff is right charlie said hopelessly we will have to go with him and we might as well do it without argument the judge will turn us loose as soon as he hears our story but it will be too late then too late for what lad asked captain westfield why can't you see this warrant is a put-up job charlie exclaimed impatiently don't you understand it's the latest move of the enemy to get us out of the way while they disable the machine and destroy our camp by jove i believe you're right exclaimed mccarty right of course i'm right said the lad fiercely what other reason could there be for such an absurd charge you will see that no one will appear against us when we are brought up in court well the game's up boys we have all put up a good fight but this settles it i would not give ten cents for what we will find here if we return after being set free may we have time enough mr sheriff to pay off our men and pack up our things you can have all night replied the officer we will not go in until morning it's a long journey for with the bridges gone we will have to pick our way back through the woods after our little party had finished a silent gloomy supper they retired to their tents to pack up their scattered belongings charlie called the workers to his tent one by one and gave each a check for a full month's wages he made all of them promise to stay and guard camp and machine during their absence but he really had but little hope that they would remain in camp long after all the americans were gone their packing done the little party gathered around the campfire as gloomy as disheartened a little bunch of men 
as it would be possible to find. One of the larger of the tents had been given up to the sheriff and his posse, and to it the officer sent his tired men early, saying he would stand guard over the prisoners himself the first part of the night. Boys, he said, when the last of his men had retired, I hate to execute this warrant. I had to be stern to you before my men, for every one of them wants my job and would be glad to make any trouble they could for me at headquarters. Being as we are alone together now, I will say that I believe you fellows are as guiltless as a babe of the crime with which you are charged. I believe, as you say, that it's a frame-up, but I've got to take you all in to answer to it, unless— "'Unless what?' asked Walter eagerly. "'Unless,' said the sheriff suggestively, "'you overpower me, tie me up, and make your escape tonight.' Charlie grasped the meaning in the officer's tones. "'No, it would be of no use,' he said. "'It might make you trouble, and we would be no better off.' compelled to hide out in the woods than we would be in jail i guess you're right the sheriff admitted it's too bad it's too bad we thank you for your kindness charlie said gratefully we know what your duty demands and do not blame you in the slightest for this you could not do otherwise i'm glad you understand that said the sheriff brightening by the way, I had to arrest your teamster, too, day before yesterday, on the same charge. He grinned at the recollection. He was just starting out for here, with a new pair of mules, when we nabbed him. Lord, he fought like a wildcat and swore like a pirate while we were taking him to the lockup. So that's why Jim hasn't come back, said Charlie, with a grim smile. That's the reason, assented the sheriff. He hasn't had a hearing before the judge yet. My eldest boy is looking out for the mules for him. When I left, Lawyer Bruce was flying around trying to get Jim out, swore he would have him set free before noon. Did Mr. Bruce know you were coming out for us? Charlie inquired with interest. I dropped him a hint, said the sheriff. My, you ought to have heard him rave. He had Jim Kennedy's cussing beat a mile. Use longer words and more of them. I'm glad he knows the position we are in, said the lad, with relief. He may be able to help us in some way. Don't you worry, lad. Bruce will do all he can for you. He's that kind, said the sheriff kindly. Now you had better all turn in and get a good night's rest. It will be a long, hard trip tomorrow. All hands thanked the kind officer and returned to their tents, where they were soon fast asleep. Chris, who, as usual, was the first one out in the morning, awakened the others with shouts of delight. "'Jim's coming!' he cried in their ears. "'Jim and Mr. Bruce and that little man, Jones, they are within a half mile of camp.'" End of chapter 30